NEPACing podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPACing. I'm John Popko from Time Shamrock with uh, Rock 7 ESPN and Alt 92.1. And I'm Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. And we are here today with Scranton Metal Band Behind the Gray. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hey, hey gentlemen. <laughs> hey, he followed directions. <laughs> If, if uh, you guys want to go around the room and uh, introduce yourselves. I'm Will, I play guitar. I'm Dom, I sing. Mike, I play drums. Grant, I play bass. I'm Daniel, I play guitar. And we're here to obviously talk about their music and uh, their new EP coming out called Treason, uh, which you heard a little preview of just a minute ago if you were tuned in. Uh, we're going to talk about them signing uh, with the uh, Inner Light Agency in Los Angeles. And uh, there's a, also a benefit that they're playing this Sunday at uh, Oak Street Express. Uh, which uh, they have a personal connection to. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about all those things, and then later on in the night uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Wyoming area student that's been making national news uh, over the last uh, week or so uh, for uh, uh, fighting the administration and uh, uh, saying something that he, he shouldn't have said and getting his mic cut. Uh, it was kind of, a, kind of an interesting uh, story, and everybody seems to have their own uh, opinion on it, on whether he was justified or an entitled millennial or something in between so uh, we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit and uh, read your comments so if you have any comments uh, for the band any questions anything that you want to talk about tonight uh, please leave them in the comments below if you just want to say hi or something like that that's cool too and then uh, if you want to leave your comments on the Wyoming area student we'll also uh, read those later on in the podcast so uh, all right thanks for tuning in now now that I've uh, caught my breath, <laughs> let's let's start with uh, a little little background on the band. Uh, you guys have been doing this for for a few years now, so uh, talk about uh, how you guys started out and uh, uh, where, where you've uh, where you've come from. Uh, Mike and I started the band about five years ago. Uh, my previous band had broken up, and we were not the lineup that we were now. Okay, so it was obviously uh, different members, and it took us probably six months, eight months, to really like get a solid lineup together. We recorded a three-song demo just to like go out and play shows and, you know, promote the fact that we existed and just try and rebuild a fan base. And uh, at the time, Dan was living in North Carolina and had moved back to the area, so we had snatched him up and to play bass. And, um, so he was just walking along the street and you just grabbed it and him in a van. Yeah. It, it, you're not it's really right. too far yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our original singer, Eric, had come in and auditioned. Um, and you know we had him for two years, something along those lines. About. Yeah. About that. And then, like, it's such a blur, it's hard to, like, remember like, how everything happened sequentially. <laughs> and then, uh, Wonder why. Hey, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> raise the sober one. Until yeah. now. He's the dad of the band. Yeah, I've been sober for four years. That's necessary. Mm -hmm. Don't uh, worry, we make up for it. He takes good care of us. I try. The band dad. Great cuddler. It's vital. But basically, you know, to get to the lineup that we are now, um, our bass player had left. Um, basically, when we had decided to sign with management, he said he couldn't really make the commitment anymore. And we had asked Grant if he was interested, and he decided to, to join. And we had got Dom a year ago today. Yes. One year today. Is it? 
Yeah. Happy birthday. I'm going to say that we planned that. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like a lot longer. You guys want to touch base on that at all? I, I, obviously, uh, people listening or watching might not know, but it was obviously something that happened uh, where you came into the picture. Well, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but obviously, I mean. It's like it's funny how things worked out because initially I was in a band when they ha were searching for a vocalist before they had Eric, and these two had both messaged me continuously to come down and try out. But I was kind of you know had my foot out of the door of this band I was currently in, and then of course they got Eric, the band I was in split, you know, and then you know sure enough once we found out Eric was sick and couldn't go on, um, you know I still kept in touch with these guys, still played in other bands with these guys. Um, and then sure enough, it was deja vu all, like all over again. The band that I was in had just split up, and sure enough, these guys were like, hey, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess, you know, the time is right, might as well do it, so. Yeah. And here we are. And it was like one of those things, too, where over the course of a year, two years, uh, with Eric, when he had gotten sick, he's like, if I could really pick like any two people to replace me, it would probably either be Dom or our friend Johnny Jones, and that was the two people we had mm -hmm. talked to to come down and like fill his shoes and when Dom became available like we just jumped all over him. And how has it been different uh, with the transition? I mean, was it seamless or was it... Seamless, so we have a, a rule in the recording studio that we go to. Our producer has a bell that he rings every time you make a pun using a subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> actually no, so the bell kind of goes off a lot. Um, it, like we've known Dom forever, and he's such like a great guy. Like this person we played in the band had to write together, and it was really seamless and effortless. And <laughs> well, we used to practice next to each other for a yeah, while so too, so he'd, like, he'd always awesome. be there hanging with us. And actually, some of the new songs we have, I think I remember him coming in with his band, and we'd show them new riffs and new songs. And yeah. Nothing ever, you know, became of those until he came in the band. And just you say practice together, like. Same building? Like yeah, it was like a yeah. rehearsal yeah. thing. There was, so there was like four, four or five bands. It was actually yeah. ironic because his previous band, Grace's Downfall, practiced across the hall from us. One door down was Dom's band, and the next door down so was Silent Lies. Lies. So wow. we all just played, and we all usually had the same practice schedule. Yeah. We were all usually together. So it would be one day of a lot of noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of walking in on people's practices and, you know. Shutting their lights off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had a, a switch that was outside. <laughs> So with you all being in previous bands, then, uh, are you bringing those experiences over to what you're doing now in any way? I think you do that with any band. With any, even if it's your first band, anything that you even listen to your whole life comes into it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We're adding more mics. That's, That's good. good. Yeah. Wait, so you yeah. Your That's horrible. It's fine. It'll be good. <laughs> I have a nice mic. I tell these guys all the time, like, from my last band, I learned a lot of things about, like, not to do. So, like, when I came in and we, and Mike and I started the band, I'm like, this is going to seem kind of, like, weird and almost dictatorship way of doing things, but, like, I'm doing this for the fact we're not going to, like, fall off. Like, I know we've, right. done, we've done this and it's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, you're not going to make the same mistakes yeah, over like, and over. So let's, let's stream past this, let's get past the bullshit and, like, get right to the good stuff. Sure. So, like, we've definitely learned a lot from other bands, a lot of what not to do more than what, you know, what to do. <laughs> That's a good thing, though. I mean, because who, who wants to, you know, go and spend thousands of dollars, you know, and put, you know, six months of their time into something? And right. They, and it was bound, it was set to fail 
to begin with. Mm -hmm. So if, if you could skip all that and, you know, go the opposite way, you know, just build it up, you know, the more positive way instead. When I came into the band, it was nice because I've known uh, Will for so long, but to have somebody as driven as Will and, in a sense, hard-headed and business savvy, I would have to say, like, it made it so easy to be in a band and let the reins go, or let the, you know, let him handle everything. And right. I don't do anything, actually. <laughs> you show up. I don't even have a microphone on stage. <laughs> but, no, but he, he's, I've, as long as I've known him, he's always been very um, hard-headed, and in a good way, I think, you know. Need some structure. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes for a better band dynamic, because then a lot of times like, we don't fight over stupid things. Like one person, you know, has a creative idea. We just listen to it. You know, we approach songwriting that way, which is the easiest thing for us to do when it comes to the business times and money gets involved. A lot of ugliness kind of comes out. So if you can just kind of put down, you know, we should do A, B, and C. A has the most potential to succeed. B is probably what you want to go to do, but this is the default of what's going to happen. Like this is going to be the downside. Right. And then C is something we should just ignore completely, but we need to put it out there just as an option, you know, in case. So it makes for a better, you know, relationship because we're five guys that have to live together, you know, more than we see anybody else. We, we travel constantly, so we're always in a van. We're always spending days upon weeks together. It's better to put all that stuff aside and just have a set plan in stone than anything else. It also helps having management now, yeah. and that very much takes the weight off of everybody else. Well, I think this is the first time in a band I've been in where you trust everybody's ability of their instrument of what they're supposed to do outside of playing and at the end of the show you know all five are going to be laughing having a good time even if there's one person there we usually have a a good uh rapport with each other whether it's you know someone's having a bad day someone picks on the other one you know <laughs> so the guys laugh grant uh dan and myself have known each other for 2004 Oh god. Yeah. Just made me sick. Very, very long. We met on MySpace. Well, they didn't. Yeah. As all great relationships do. My wife and I started talking on MySpace. Yeah. See, there you go. That's it. We're not getting married. I know it's like. But I swiped right on your message. There was no swipe right. There was here. Yeah, we met. Like, so that was the real nice thing about joining is that I pretty much knew all these guys anyway. Because right. I'd been auditioning for bands out in New York, and you'd be driving out and you'd be doing that and coming back, and they're not reimbursing you your gas. So when uh, this position became available, it was a no brainer. Hmm. We were worried he wasn't going to say no. Because we didn't know if it was his, what he wanted to do. Sure. You know, we had a solo on album out and everything. and. You know, he was really focused on that, and then he was doing like the hired gun thing. He was playing with a lot of like country bands and metal bands. He was doing a lot of session work, so we did a lot of that. And like, the country was we, I think we put like a list together, like three or four yeah. different people, like we would like to have in the band, and like who was available. And I was like, I don't think Grant's gonna really do it. And Dan and I were, were driving back from practice. He's like, you know, what, just just call and ask him, just as a friendship thing, mm -hmm. just so he he has the ability to say no. He's so like, one. we do get somebody. He's like, why didn't you ask me? <laughs> so we'd like I call him like do you want to do it? he's like yeah I think so you know just let me think on it I'm like really <laughs> all right cool well yeah I mean we've covered your solo bass thing a, a whole bunch of times before and that project is so different from being in a band dynamic so yeah. how has it been 
uh, a transition to get back into that, or is it? No, just because of all the fill-in stuff, and even I don't like to do two projects that are the same. So mm -hmm. I have the solo, I have the country that I was doing, and then this is metal. Because then you have all those experiences, things that you're not used to. So then if there's something that you are used to, it's not a curveball. You've done right. it. You've got more of a repertoire, so there's less chance of being blindsided by whatever you're going to get involved in. So yeah. Plus, like I said, the hardest part is the relationship. So just the fact that we all knew each other. Like right, you can so you fix talent, talent already. You can't fix if someone's a jackass. So just the <laughs> fact that we all get along is right. the fight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, people always ask, used to ask me, you know, like, why don't fans last? Yeah. Well, it's not like you're dating someone. You look at their, uh, you know, personality or whatever. You can play drums. I can play whatever, you know? And sure. That's, 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 that's the, yeah. the whole thing. So if you're a butthead... Like every time like we kinda like what like we obviously like butt heads over just stupid things, we spend a lot of time together, but then we hear stories like bands have been together for twenty years and like our friends that tour and stuff, we're like, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we just heard, we were in the studio last was it last night? It was last night. Was it last night? It was. <laughs> we were in the studio <laughs> last night, so like I'm real burnt out. <laughs> But we were you listening to play. like uh, <laughs> I listened to you play. It's even worse. <laughs> Just a lot of wrong notes going on there. But they were saying like the guy, the one of the members, the lead guitar player, got in a fist fight on the bus with one of his techs. The band threw him out of the bus wherever they were. The guy had to find his way to the show the next day, where he had to like, guys, I'm so sorry, like yeah, whatever, wow. like and then like get on stage and play. Mm -hmm. Do you met like shows? With the dynamic of the band, if like people aren't getting along, yeah, I think so because I think like, so it's too. All, like like a lot of my favorite bands, like I have friends that like either manage them or anything, like bands I've listened to for years and years and years. And I'm like, this is like their best album, and they're so strong, and these tours are so good. And then like I listen to their like they're a bunch of fucking children. They want to do anything, like why? I think <laughs> break up, right? It depends on like the mentality, I guess, of the, the person. Like there's people that are up there like, alright, this is my job, this is what I have to do, and I'm just gonna show up and I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and but like part of your job, yeah. I think, being in a band is having fun. Like you have to at least appear to be having fun. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like yeah. as a part of like your interaction with the audience and like a part of your performance. So there's either people that just know how to turn that on and turn it off. Yeah. Or, it's, sure or it's genuine. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well even if you're having a bad day. It does not matter what horrible in your life is going on or, what, you know, anything that could be going on, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're at a show, you know, it could be our show, I'll say, and you three walk in the door, I'm having an awful day, you guys see that, it might kind of bring you guys down. Yeah, like you're going to yeah. have an effect on... Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you have to know, like, okay, it's showtime, like, no matter how awful I feel, like, smile, you know, if you have to hug somebody, I mean, I'm... You have to. Yeah. Or it could just be like you're escaped from it for a minute and you actually will have fun. Yeah, totally you know, you kind yeah. of like, it's probably therapeutic in a way where it's like, I'm actually required and obligated to be having a good time right now and it's my job. So like you might like switch on that mentality of just being like, oh, okay, I actually kind of did get my mind off whatever was upsetting me and did have fun. I think in metal it kind of helps too because if we're so aggressive, yeah. it works as almost like, you know, a high energy 45 minute just burnout. Yeah. And like, you know, we've been doing this for so long. It might, you know, my last band and everything. When we were on tour, we would really, really fight, and we would just have, you know, problems at home, problems all around. 
but like it was like this weird thing and I, I constantly describe it when you're in a band that just clicks and the chemistry works is when the intro music hits that second note hits and you're like doesn't matter yeah everything we fought about does, does not matter and then that foot hits the stage and but he had to say, you're like, I'm sorry. You're just like, like more, you, it, you're it automatically just, unified almost. Yeah, in a sense. it just turns, like you said, it just kind of like turns on. And probably just like that relationship, like I, I've never played music, I've never been in a band. Um, but I can imagine like, for example, like the drummer, the bass player, like say they have like some kind of, uh, <laughs> like an issue or a fight or something. You guys are almost like obligated to like be in a relationship on stage with each other. You know, so like even if like I don't know if I don't know if in metal if you guys really kind of jam out or anything like that, but like having that kind of like section where you guys are required to pretty much be communicating like the entire time on stage or like you know to kind of hold everything together. So like that could probably be good for your relationship too if you're like in some kind of arguments, like some alternate way to like connect with the person yeah, you know without talking to them whatever yeah. you were doing that morning it's like you're having a conversation without talking to each other and with your band, words like we've been in a band for five years without developing some type of telekinesis yeah you know, like, there's so many yeah. things that happen between us that we don't talk about they just happen like do we ever agree on that yeah. but like how do we get to yeah <laughs> yeah it just really happens well, a long time for before i'm back the only people i ever played was one was my twin brother and trying to you know i always thought that was like a special connection, you know? And I joined this band, I'm like, Will, why, he played with my twin in his last band, and he's got that same thing now, I think. Yeah. But it's funny, I, I'll be pissed off about something, or like me and Will getting a little scuff, but we were probably the happiest looking metal band out there. Cause we'd walk over, laugh, pick on each other, do whatever, we smile more than I think we frown. But, I don't know. But then you go see other bands, they don't even look at each other half the time. There's a couple bands, like you said, learning what not to do that we played with. Mm -hmm. That we look at, like those guys are just punching a clock. Yeah. They just don't give a shit. Like I said, like that's initially, like that kind of, I feel like that shows through with with certain Mm -hmm. certain people. Like we always call ourselves a blue collar metal band. Like we don't hide the fact that, like, you know, we work really hard, we have day jobs. Mm -hmm. This is like what we want to do as a career and everything. But at the same time, there's other blue collar people that work their 40, 50 hours a week that decide to spend their $10 on our ticket, right. decide to spend their 10, 15 bucks on our t-shirt, we owe it to them to put on a great show. Like, we let them down, that's, that's even worse. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine going to see your favorite band and they're just miserable because someone forgot their catering. Yeah. They're miserable for something yeah. stupid like that. Like, Brown you know, all these people down for just something stupid. It's very easy to not put things into perspective. Yeah, just more than just you, your personality, and like the right. band, it's, it's something bigger, something greater. And it's usually, like, I feel like people will get bent out of shape over the most trivial thing. Oh, yeah. And then it's just so transparent. Mm-hmm. Well, you spend so much time together, like, someone who eats their cereal will piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it really does. You phone, like, soon. <laughs> <laughs> he actually stirs before he bites. It drives me nuts. He just stirs? Stop it! I don't want to spill it down. <laughs> I don't eat cereal. So have those relationships transitioned into uh, writing the, the new music? Yeah, yeah. Writing came very easily this time around. Yeah. And then I think we, getting Dom in and then already having a process to write songs in place was a little nerve-wracking because hmm. it's like, this is how we usually write music. I don't know if like he had experience writing music that way and if he's going to be comfortable with it. And like we didn't want to force him into anything because then it stifles what he's trying to say in his creativity. Right. But he's so adaptable that he like kind of went in and just really rode the wave of it more than than anything. And so. We work really well like with 
counterpoints in writing? Like, well, why don't you try this or that? Like, we all kind of give constructive criticism at the same time as just, you know, it's not just your There's song. No, like, your right. If yeah. someone brings up, oh, hey, man, maybe you should try this differently, or it's, you know, we're all compromised with each other very well. Or maybe next time, just don't suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same goal. It's, it's, yeah. it's to be good. You know? yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's helpful to know on top of singing, he can play drums, he can play guitar, like, he can write songs himself. And he brings the ladies. That helps. It's, yeah. <laughs> so if, if he's trying to make the full strength of Oh, you, you pause. Ladies, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, you, you can't <laughs> summon. One, one, There's one a drop. There's a secret that I just can't reveal, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Or Fair enough. <laughs> He was like the most easy, like having been in like three or four serious bands, he's the most easy singer I've ever worked with in the studio, ever. Like what came down to lyrics, performance, editing, like everything. It was the easiest person to work with ever. And uh, he, he knocked everything out pretty quick too. Yeah, I mean, I've been in a recording studio since I was 13 years old, so I'm kind of just... Show up and do the thing. Yeah, you know, like it's, I'm just so used to it. I'm, like we'll sound very adaptable with everything so I'm not like trying to say it comes easy you know if like there's always some sort of challenge but yeah he's got no ego and I think that's why it comes easy for him because mm -hmm. he's not putting himself in front of everything he's putting like we all do you know, that hold of everything you yeah. know so people here's the most yeah well, the, the first album had a lot of really personal lyrics to the original singer. Did this have, have a, that, that same idea for you? You oh, wanted to put stuff definitely. down that uh, you know meant something to you personally? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, everything I write is obviously through life experiences, um, you know, just things I've experienced personally, things I've witnessed, things I want to write that people could relate to, you know, more specifically than anything else. So, yeah, it's... My writing is always very, very personal when I try to not rush anything. Like sometimes it could take me two, three months to write lyrics to one song just because I want everything to be like I'm a perfectionist, especially when it comes to melody and lyrics. Like I need everything to be intact. Now, the uh, the title treason, uh, is there a specific reason you chose that word? I mean, obviously that's... Uh, uh, in this political climate nowadays, I think a lot of people immediately think politics when they think of treason, especially right. lately when you, you know you have the own or your, our own president is on trial now. So, is there is that have any effect on that, or is that uh, that means something to you personally, but not any of that stuff? Yeah, it's it's more or less like a I guess a combination of ideas. If anything, I mean, treason is the title track single that's going to be on the EP. Um, the EP itself really doesn't have a set theme per se it's more or less you know like I said like you know things that have happened to me personally or you know um, like like life as I was writing the lyrics to this EP was, has been a very big roller coaster for me so it's almost like it's the only way I could really explain it like lyrically the entire EP is dark but it's also positive in a sense like, it's more or less instead of, like, beating myself up over life experiences or, like, shit that I've gone through, it's more or less, like, you know, trying to, like, inspire my, not only myself but others to pick themselves back up out of shitty situations and, you know, just keep on trucking, so to speak. <laughs> that was something new to kind of get used to because mm -hmm. we were at the tail end of, you know, recording the, the CD as Eric was getting sicker. Right. And then 
having Don come in with like more of a positive attitude and that being reflected in lyrics and reflected in, in the music, you know, it was something very different to get used to and something that I was very thankful for because you don't want to like, you never want to make like a sequel, you know, you don't want to just kind of keep dabbling in the same subject matter. Sure. But like it was very cool to, like I have my own personal real meanings for all the songs that are different from him, but you know, it was very uplisting to feel that positivity kind of pushed into the band that's like one thing too like I really like when people are just like oh like you know like what like what is this song about or what does this song mean to you it's like I would rather have other people kind of have take you know have their own take on it and make up their own interpretation you know like I don't that's kind of always been my style of writing I don't really necessarily stick to like one topic even in one song I kind of just want to stir the pot a little bit and have you know the listener be like oh hey you know I think this has some sort of meaning in my life or, you know, I think I could relate to what this guy's trying to say sort of thing, you know, like, mm. I've never, I can't really say I have, like, you know, a steady subject matter in my material. Well, let's, uh, let's read a few comments uh, before we get back into uh, to our questions. Uh, they're, hey, they're all positive, so. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Bill, Bill Brooks says, uh, Dom Vito is my favorite front man. Right on. Uh, Thanks, Bill. Uh, Justin Everett says, uh, congratulations, Dom. Skilled all the way. Uh, Thanks, brother. Uh, Katie Evans says, Abby and Grant need a bass-off. or just <laughs> a duet of awesomeness. <laughs> uh, let's see. And Abby uh, responded and said, I, I, I vote duet of awesomeness. All right. <laughs> uh, Mark Yerchek says, uh, best podcast in NEPA. So thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, Let's see. Brianna Noel says, uh, so proud of, of uh, how far you've all come. And uh, Andrew Dury says, I booked you guys at the bar I used to manage. What's up? Uh, you guys are fucking awesome. And uh, Theodore Weiss says, uh, to ask you guys about uh, your favorite place or places to play. Do they have to still exist? Not necessarily. No. Okay. no. It's kind of fun talking about NEPA is... <laughs> Past, present, and future, yeah. That's true. Staircase will forever have. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. in my heart, you know, dude. Growing, just growing up playing, you know, I actually left my own graduation party because I booked a show to go play the staircase. I left <laughs> like 150 people. I was like, hey, have fun. Um, I'm leaving. And that was uh, when he graduated kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> he was drunk. Uh, place like I miss playing the most was Tanks. I uh, love, yeah. love, love Tanks. That was like my first local experience ever because Lifer was doing the uh, board video shoot, and I was I was in that. Oh, were you really? Yeah, dude. It was like the first local anything I'd ever seen. My girlfriend and her brother uh, were going to it, and they had like a ticket or whatever. So I went with them, and I was just blown away by like these guys are from my town. Yeah. Like, oh my god. They were great. Man, it was so dark. And then they were on the that uh, MTV thing. That MTV Bell, the band. Yep. Uh, Freddie Fabry shared that from like a YouTube video someone posted. Like, Did he? Yeah, like it's on YouTube. And I was like, oh my god, they're so baby faced. <laughs> yeah. And, like they were just killing it then. But like I miss that. And, like my favorite place to play, I guess now would probably be like um, Sherman Theater was awesome. Um, O'Connell's in 
West Virginia was a blast too. That was yeah. cool. State House in Maryland is awesome too. The V Spot. Um, yeah, V Spot. Yeah, yeah, local V Spot is like off. Made home staff. Yeah, like Vinny and all those guys make that place home. <laughs> Vinny's a good dude. Yeah, he's yeah. an amazing guy. Yeah. Such a good dude. He phone calls to like book a band are the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> they I used to, for hours. <laughs> we would do business together for the radio station, and he'd come in, and him and Frank, or he'd just bring in some him and another guy. Just and, promotions. Yeah, just record the stuff for the commercial, and the, they were a riot. They were a riot. Vinny, get back on the radio because they're funny. <laughs> Well, he said like a couple of years ago, is if you take all of Vinny's radio promotions and just put them on a compilation CD, it would chart higher than most like national. Band. I would buy that. Yeah, yeah, I would buy that. Yeah, because it's so hilarious. You sit. You just you should sit in there with him, him and Frank or whoever. I Vinny, did, I did be on the phone with him. Were you there? I did one with yeah. last year. And, uh, I don't know how he. Th- he's so quick and so funny. It's just it's. Well, then we were doing uh, we were doing a radio interview down in Virginia. Bob Rocks, like live on air, and he called me. I don't know why I answered the phone, but I did. And just wanted to talk talk about tyrants. Okay, yeah, let me give you a call back in like five minutes, ten minutes. And he just would not get off the phone. <laughs> and like, as I'm trying to convince him, he's like, well, just give the phone to this person. I want to talk to them. I need to, like, you have all of our numbers. Call us in like 20 minutes. <laughs> half hour. On the phone. Just my favorite podcast episode is the one with him and T. Yes. That oh, is, yeah. We call him the sharpshooter or the yeah. sidewinder. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the sidewinder here got into business about 20 years ago. <laughs> oh my god. That was also the longest one we ever did. Good. Because uh, those guys are just going yeah, on and just on. Them on. You can't the stop roof. them. You know, I'm shutting them down. <laughs> <laughs> First time, like our, one of our our first EP that came out, we played with Ashfall at uh, the V Spot, and at the end of the night, Vinny's just like letting drinks go, and me and Johnny Jones were there, and I was still drinking at the time. Yeah. We left at six o'clock in the morning, and like we just walk out and we're like, "There's sun," and I just look at <laughs> and Johnny's just like, "I didn't call my wife. <laughs> I don't know where anything is." Like, oh my god! And he's just he's always about that. So he just yeah. wants to talk, he wants to hang, he wants to know everything about everything. Yeah, that's true. I saw him one day at in Dunmore at the liquor store. I went to get, I don't know, soda. Liquor? Um. <laughs> no, one goes, uh, no one goes to the liquor store to buy soda. Yeah. No one goes to Hooters for wings. I don't think they have, <laughs> don't think they have soda there. There's a machine outside. Okay. No. <laughs> no, but I guess me and him sat outside talking for a while. Didn't realize how long it was. It was probably an hour and a half. Had no clue. I got home like, it took you an hour and a half to get wine. Okay, it was wine. Who is she? <laughs> <laughs> I just called her B. <laughs> I like her spot. Well, you, you, you mentioned Tinks. There, you guys have a show coming up at Levels, which is yeah. essentially the uh, you know Tinks re- redone and everything. Uh, in July, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, July 20th. Yeah, okay. We're playing the, the top floor, fourth floor. Where they normally have like parade day and everything. Okay. So we're gonna be playing top floor with us, dreamers like us, Inner Temple, and uh, Traverse the Abyss. So nice. gonna, it's an all late show, ten dollar ticket. Everyone Thursday night. It's gonna be awesome. That's it's, it. Seems unusual for them. Like usually they have like foam parties and things like yeah. that. So it'd be interesting to see it kind of go back to the old days. I, in that I sense. would love it to see you do that. And like the kid that uh, did it for us, Kenny. Like that's 
what he really wants to do is get a foothold back in the mm. downtown. That was area. their initial plan because I had some meetings with the owner of that bar, and that's what he talked about. That's what he wanted to do with the fourth floor. He wanted to have shows like rock shows, all yeah. ages shows, plus twenty one and over shows, but essentially rock shows. That was his initial idea when he oh. opened that, and then I think it just kind of like, well, this this is what's going to make money and we probably need to do this to start off. So it became like a club. So now I feel like maybe he feels comfortable enough to be able to branch off and do rock shows like that, which would be awesome. I think they did one there prior to, and it was really successful. Yeah. So if they just keep it going and like Good. quality bands and promote them well, it, it'll be its own success because the area has just been dying for it. Yeah. I was, my question there was, uh, if they had an elevator. No. No. So they you load up all those stairs? Yeah. <laughs> That's Yeah, you like will. Mantle, everything's in like 50 pound row cases. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be fun. I'm going to be late that day. <laughs> Good will be in the trailer. Honestly, like with stuff like that though, like that's when like it actually is when you hire loaders, like because doing that and then playing an entire show, it's like a so lot breaking down like I would ha yeah, yeah like Leonard was that way too oh my god it was so bad and like the I ceiling isn't snow. high enough to yeah. get the cases and stuff in so you have to kind of like shimmy it down and take like four people to move it or was yeah. that as we played did you play oh um in Poughkeepsie, New York. Oh, my God. Oh, the, oh, the Chance? Yeah. We played the upstairs. Oh, the Chance is cool. Yeah. Chance is cool. We went, because yeah. downstairs was 10 years and Finger 11 and a couple other bands. We're like, oh, you're playing upstairs. Like, the, the I've never downstairs. been upstairs. Did <laughs> 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 you go down? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go That's down. a cool theater. Yeah. yeah. I saw Bayside there oh, in I December. Ah, like oh, they're coming back around. <laughs> uh, I think Philly. Yeah. Yeah, and he's playing a, a solo, too, I think. Oh, really? That's mm -hmm. awesome. Nice. At the Electric Factory? He's ha they're having a show at the Electric Factory, and then I think he's playing by himself somewhere in Philly. Oh, sweet. Which would be awesome. So I'm going to be in Philly Friday to go see Seven Dust for their 20-year anniversary show at the Electric Factory. Nice. It's going to be baller. Oh, and Death Tones was just in Philly this past Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to go. I was in Philly. Yeah. I was not at the Death Tones concert. Right. And you guys opened for Flaw, right? Yeah. I love Flaw. I don't oh, think yeah. I don't think people know who Flaw. Aren't they? Oh my God! Oh, it's it's so funny because I had a Zima <laughs> <laughs> about forty five minutes ago, an hour and a half ago. Okay? Yeah, this all ties in, okay? So it was two thousand two. The record came out, I think, early that year. I finished my first year of college. I said, "Mom, me and my two buddies want to celebrate our first year. Of we're twenty, all right? So we're almost twenty one. Can you get us some booze?" She says, yeah, I will. We're not going to drive anywhere. We're going to stay here at our pool table, air hockey table. We're going to chill out. And uh, she brings home the booze, and it's Zima. So we're 20, Zima. I'm like, you fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me. Back then, we didn't care. Like, all right, well, this is, this is fine. And I had one for the first time. That was, that was my first and last time. This is the first time since then. And uh, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it is horrible. It is terrible. It tasted like... But, like I never had it. It was awful. Yeah, but getting back to Flaw, I made my friends listen to that album. Uh, in, Through the Eyes. Through the Eyes, yeah. yeah. The first one, which was so good. Yeah. Yeah, their, their second one was okay. It was... It was. Did you hear their new one, uh, Divided? I have that, yeah. It's so incredible. That's good, too, like yeah. their best CD, yeah. hands down. I, they're, yeah, they're very underrated. Like. And, like, we went to go... Like, we hadn't seen them... You said I saw them on OzFest 2002. Two. Yeah. And, like, since then, we hadn't really seen them. And then we, we opened for them. 
they just kill it. Yeah, how was that? Like well, for you guys, how was that? It was that was a very bittersweet day for us in general. Um, that was actually the day like everything with the management deal was solidified. Like we had loaded in and we were just waiting to play and it was like, Hey, this deal's done, you guys are good. So like we were already in we had, what, a month of negotiations? Yeah. We had like a month, maybe two months of negotiations before we ever announced it. We were just going back and forth to like work out details and there's a lot of stipulation with it and we already known Steve was going to be leaving the band so like it ended up being like like I said real bittersweet because that was his last show with us mm. and we just got the official like hey we're going to sign with this company and then we were opening for Claw it was like we were all you know very friends with and we met Righteous Vendetta that day too yeah, yeah. The other guys are they were on the blessed. tour package and they were like they're one of the best live bands I've seen in 10 years mm. but just hands down like the most energy sound incredible and they're the nicest dudes like they play 150 shows a year Wow. They're on tour right now with Hell Yeah. Yeah, they're okay. Sons of Texas. But they're doing all sorts of insane things. I know they just shot a second music video in Cali like last week. Did they do Rock on the Range or doing like Carolina Rebellion or something like they, that? They did all the, the runs this year. Yeah, um, they did the big festival run this year too. And then now, because we were actually talking about like a lot of the Ozfest bands as of late. And <laughs> we actually just confirmed we're playing with Motivator. In Harrisburg, oh, wow. yeah, on Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> awesome. so we're doing a Halloween show with Motor here down in Harrisburg. So we're actually playing with a lot of those bands, yeah. which is awesome for all of us because a lot of us grew up. I, I, I saw them on their last tour when uh, Ivan Moody was still in the band. Oh, okay. like forever ago. Yeah, it was at Croc yeah. Rock. It was oh, one yeah. of the last. R.I.P. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which they, they just announced the other day. I know, they're, that's what I'm saying. They're going to knock it over. Official? Yeah, they're, oh. yeah, they're going forward with it, I guess. R.I.P. Yeah, but uh, but I guess there's, like, literally down the street, they're going to build a brand new venue. I heard that, that too, like yeah. Better. Well, the Sterling Hotel and everything was? Because that place was, was yeah. yeah, there's. I actually like to make that my venue that I miss. Sterling? Sterling. I had so okay. many terrible experiences there. Me too. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so say experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pay your dues. That was rough, man. Those were some rough, rough shows. Especially like the showcase shows. Yeah. Where like the, the promoter would just book 20 bands. And it was two stages and... It was two bars. Yeah, it was like a bar <laughs> and stage. And then like a wall. Literally. And then there was a bar and a stage. Two full stages on either side. And he would just... So one are you competing, one, essentially? You One band would play as soon as you were done. Oh, next band, man. next band would load on. Yeah. Okay. And he would just go back and forth all night for like 20 bands, half hour set. So the shit. crowd would roll through like a, a, just a door. Right. Thank you, good night. And then you just hear... Brrr through the wall <laughs> because the next band started next door and then you'd walk through. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> and you hope That's how, uh, you ever, have you ever been to Rockwood yeah. Music Hall? No. That's how Rockwood is. You ever been there in Brooklyn? Mm. They have three little bars right in a row and it's just, they just have half hour sets all night and you mm. could go. Okay. It's, I mean, there's different entrances, but uh, one, okay. one of them's like connected without going outside, but it's three right in a row, and it's just all night. Hmm. Well, Concert for a Cause is like that now that I remember. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, right. I remember that was real weird, because, like, we would set up, and, like, Asheville... You guys played that? Play. Oh, yeah, we played, yeah. like, two or three years in Absolution. Yeah, no. Okay. And, like, I remember, like, Asheville playing, and, like, the whole crowd just did this, and just turned around, and they yeah. were just right there, like, yeah. oh, I guess we're going. Because <laughs> we played the ballroom, and then we did the acoustic shows and the... Evolution. The no, 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 the, the other one, the Streamside The Streamside, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. did acoustic shows in the Streamside when, when the river was still going. Okay. Yeah, we did a live stream with that. Did you guys play, uh, you must have, Nightcaps? 
Oh yeah, because yeah. that was that was a oh, cool place, place too. I had like so many bad luck, bad shows there. That yeah, I, I was just the stick. It was a great place. I loved playing it. As soon as my foot hit the stage, it was the worst guitar night ever. Really? I just fretted <laughs> every note bad. It was just like every cables would just go dead, rigs would fall over. You know, wireless was good. Everything that could ever go wrong in every show I played at my caps. Even like CD release was always there. That was the Cafe Metro for me. The Metropolis. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Nightcaps was where Jake fell off the stage, right? Nightcaps <laughs> 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 was at the time. Okay. And he's playing it. He was in the back room or whatever, and there was lights on, and he shut the door, and he couldn't find There's There were steps in the front at that point, and he couldn't find them. Just boom. <laughs> and us bandmates laughed. <laughs> and course. everybody else was concerned. Right. But we looked like a bunch of bloodheads. <laughs> Nightcaps is now Honey Childs? No, no, that's no, Nightcaps. Never, nothing. No, that was uh, nice Corkscrews. 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 Yeah. Corkscrews. Yeah. So then, what's Nightcaps in Edwardsville, right where the price chopper? Yeah, it's nothing. Okay, I tap up. I never played. Was Jitter? Was it Jitterbox? Club Excess, and then something else. I think in the middle there. Yeah, those those pre your time. Yeah, it was Nightcaps. Was the last. Yeah, it was. Nightcaps was the last. Last one was. Yeah. I think it was like the Panacea. Panacea did their CD release there. Owens Grudge did their CD release there. Okay. Yep. And like the Black Orchid CD release. Yeah. Panacea played a few shows there. Yeah, they were there a lot. Because they visited their CD release all Berwick, all the time. At Peppers. At Peppers. Yep. Mm -hmm. I hated the drive going yep. all the way out there, but like anytime they played that house close. At the weekend, we we did a bus trip. Oh. Yeah. So we just or not? No, I'm sorry. We didn't do a bus trip. I took a limo. The staff, oh. the staff took a limo. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, you know. You know, back, back when they had money. Oh. Ah, it's trade, bro. Trade. It's all trade. <laughs> That's right. All right, so so the uh, you, you sign with the Interlight Agency. Now, uh, how does a management deal work for people who are not in this business, who don't understand how, how things like that work? What do they, what do they do? What do they, they do for you? What is the benefit uh, of you guys as a band to work with for us? Personally, uh, it's it's a lot different than it will be for other bands. A management agency and their company tends to be whatever the band needs at the time. Hmm. So. For us, when we started like talking and negotiation, a lot of it that we signed with was for artist development. He, what we thought we were a lot like solid on, he did not feel that way. And they had monitored us for nine months. Nine months to a year. Nine months to a year. So they had a copy of the Tyrants when it came out, and it was just about a year later when they had contacted us. So they they were stalking you this whole time. That's, <laughs> that's the way it should be. It's the way it always is because. When you a management company, we've been approached by other managers and people, and like they don't know anything about your band. Mm. They just know your name, they know your Facebook likes, and they go, "These guys will pay me whatever, or I'll take a commission, or I may or may not know somebody." A real management company goes, "I think this band can be developed into something. I think I can shop them to labels. I think I can shop them to booking agencies, uh, publishing deals, licensing for like for video games, music, TV shows, stuff like that." and just kind of goes with their Rolodex of contacts that we can mesh together and work. And that's essentially what Damon's been doing for us now, is the first thing they needed from us was new music with them, first and foremost. And that had to be, well, yeah, we had Grant. That <laughs> Which was they a, didn't know about. Yeah, because they really didn't want to know. Just sneak them on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was like a... It was a very hush hush thing because we had just replaced our singer six months prior. To he's it. good. We promise he's good. Well, they don't really care about if they're good or not. Like when Damon told us, the labels don't care about your band. They care about your fans. They sign your fans. They sign what you know culture is around your band. 
if a label feels that there's inconsistency in the lineup and the group, they're not going to slide with you. So if you have a new member every six months to a year, no one's going to approach you because they're not going to invest something that may not be here two years from now. Because album deals are not like normal contracts, they're based on units. So you may have a two album deal, a demo deal. If you cannot fulfill those two albums, you're not going to be around to do it. The label loses money, right. they have to drop you, and they mark you at the loss. See what I mean about communicating without mm -hmm. talking yeah, to it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for us, you know, um, it's a lot of like fine tuning, tightening up the live show, you know, getting the polish put onto the band, and then putting us onto like these bigger shows too, you know, opening for Flow, opening for Motigrader. Uh, you know, pushing for a tour and then shopping out the new material to all of like you know the industry people that we talk to. So, what would you guys say is next for Behind the Gray? Next is the release of new music. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have a, any dates set yet or anything yet? Or the EP will be out in September. No date yet. Single is going to be coming in a couple weeks. We're mixing right now. Like we have. Okay maybe like two more songs that gotta get mixed and done that we're sending out to get mastered. There'll be a video coming out within a couple weeks. So we're just kinda waiting for the rest of those things to fall in line. But new music is, is number one to come out and really show like what we've been working on for the last, you know, six months, eight months, year, year, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we also wanna talk about the uh, the benefit you guys have of coming up a concert for Kaysen. Now, uh, can you tell us what, what that's for and what your connection is to that? Uh, it's actually for my nephew Kaysen. Uh, he has infantile syndrome. He has uh, you know, uncontrolled spasms and you know every two weeks they have to take him to Philly. They have there's no doctors in the area. It's I'm trying to think I think it's like one in seven hundred thousand normal like it might even be like a more rare number. Uh, so basically every two weeks they have to take him down there. My sister-in-law can't work. She's a teacher. So somebody has to be with him at all times, you know. He's 10 months old. Right. So there's, you know, you know it, choice it, there. Yeah, it's 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 affecting his development like he can't even like hold his head up himself. Like there's just a lot of things and then if something goes wrong, they have to rush him down so it's calling off work it's anything and everything to the point where you know for I guess say a solid six months nobody outside of my brother and sister-in-law can be around like we he could bring to you know Thanksgiving dinner you know just stuff like that you know there's uh, times where if he gets to a certain point where they have to keep him out there they actually have to mail medication to the house and somebody has to be at the house and, and take picture to prove that the medication is at the house before they'll medically release him. Wow. It's just, you know, a constant, you know, build up of bills and, you know, just not being able to, it doesn't matter how much money you make if you have to take a trip. It just builds makes, up and builds yeah, up and builds yeah, up and builds no, up. There's no catching up. And with one person not working, it's just never-ending yeah. yeah. It's a huge, huge uh, speed bump in the road. I've yeah. seen people go through it, and it's overwhelming. And you need all the help you can get. Absolutely. That's why, you know, because at first they didn't want any help whatsoever. They they told us right out, you know, 
we don't we they didn't want it out and it was I fought with them long and hard on that's it. that's hard yeah, you know yeah. like you, you know it's obviously a difficult situation to, to, to deal with and then you don't want to put the burden on anybody else yeah so for, to ask for help is tough but I'm glad you guys are you know taking that that step to to help and that, that was always like one thing I know because I usually end up helping out with something or several throughout the year. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, they fought with us for probably three months because they, like I said, they didn't want anything, anybody to know about it. And it was more so one of their friends finally did something. And I was like, all right, well then, it's game on. Right. Like, you can't argue with me anymore because... It's out there. It, some, yeah. Somebody else said something. So now I'm going to contact everybody I know put together this show mm-hmm. because music so we everybody comes together for that you know it and I really didn't have to really ask any of these bands you know us I'm, I'm lucky these guys will pretty much you know help me out with anything I need um, better than bad I was with Jeff and just happened to be talking about it and he was like we're it uh, that 90s band they're, they're a casino band, you know. They, I mean, they do the B-spot and stuff. Yeah, but, I know Girardi's awesome. But uh, I messaged Scott, who was a good friend, and uh, he was like, well, we don't normally do... I was like, but he, he also used to work with my brother. So I was like, listen, this is a benefit for my brother's son. And he was like, well, it's for you, and I know your brother, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. I got London Force on board, uh, Jackson V. He's part of the reason I got into music. So he's always, you know, he's been a friend of the family and always been all about it. And uh, Riley, I've been helping out with a lot of different music stuff and just relatively new. She was best new artist last year. Um, yeah. She's doing a lot of good stuff. So, you know, and just hanging out with her. So it was kind of like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Uh, interested? Just put it together. So when is it? It is this Sunday, June 25th at Oak Street Express. It's a $15 cover, but that will cover your music, uh, food, draft beer, draft soda all day long. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be all ages, but <clears throat> that just changed today uh, due to other things happening. Are you in raffles? Yes, there's going to be raffles, baskets, 50-50s, pretty much everything you can think of. So it's now 21 plus, and it's just going to be a uh, all-day deal. It's from 2 to 8.30 all day long. It's a Sunday. What else do you got to do on a Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Is that on the, uh, the stage outside? It was supposed to be. Now it's on the inside. Other, other side. That, okay. that's, that's a cool spot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. I actually grew up right down. That's where Grant and I met. The gas station yeah. at the bottom you of the Yeah, you can look down <laughs> the street and see the gas station where this friendship developed. <laughs> you guys outside rolling dice and stuff? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> uh, you will. Yeah, okay, let's music. <laughs> I think it was more like, hey, you have a base in your profile picture. Do you want to meet me at this shady gas station and come to my basement? Yeah, yeah so sure, I'm young and impressionable. <laughs> it worked. Well, that's very cool. Like, uh, best of luck. Thank you very much. On Sunday. Well, uh, we'll see if there's any more uh, comments. Uh, Benjamin Moyer says, uh, Ben from the New Rain says, uh, what's good? Uh, yeah. You're all yeah. awesome. Oh, those guys are insane. Love them. 
That is like one of my favorite new bands. Every time we play Virginia and Maryland with those guys. Coolest dudes. Coolest dudes and they're so good. Nice. Is that like, a dino mosh band? Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, yes. Yes. We played O'Connelly because I put on a dinosaur outfit and I went in the mosh pit while they played. <laughs> and it was one of the most fun and dangerous experiences of my life. <laughs> See, Tom Golden says, uh, who let Dan speak? So we got the album free now. So he said you uh, thought you were supposed to wait in the van. Uh, we tried. He just, it's too hot out, so there's like those laws. I keep cracking the window for me. escapes. Well, Zach Hammond said, uh, who let Grant out of the van? I uh, saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Amanda Marie says, uh, can't wait for Sunday. Yeah. Cool. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Come hang out, eat food, listen to some amazing bands. And then us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we get to uh, the last word? Stay tuned to our damn comment. <laughs> Oh, um, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're actually like really big fans of the show. Yeah, like every every Wednesday we watch it. Oh, thank so, you. you know, appreciate really it. That's cool. awesome to hear. Really be on it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just weird to think we have fans. <laughs> I watched the Air Same Pink here. one pretty regularly too. Thought that one was really good. Yeah. How, how does it make you feel knowing that Dan sits at home in his underwear and watches you? <laughs> hey, it's, it's pretty warm special out. actually. <laughs> it, it's warm out. I don't wear underwear. <laughs> Even I was better. giving you the benefit. I got, of the <laughs> I got NEPA scene and a video game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got T-shirts. Maybe we should print underwear. NEPA scene underwear. That is. That's fun. NEPA scene underwear. Yeah, yeah. They... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a really little NEPA. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, <and> now, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. All right, so we want to talk about. Uh, uh, Peter uh, Butera, who is a uh, the Val Victorian and president at uh, Wyoming Area High Schools, uh, class of uh, 2017. Now he made national news uh, just last week uh, on Friday. He uh, got up to uh, say his graduation speech, and he was supposed to read off of a pre-approved speech, and he went off script and essentially uh, criticized the administration uh, for what he felt was. Uh, not really preparing them for the real world, essentially. Authoritative. Is, yeah, he, they said they were too authori authoritative and that uh, things like the student government were kind of useless because they didn't ever get to make real decisions that had any effect on anything, mm -hmm. uh, that they were always overrode. So uh, so we asked, you know, before what you guys think, uh, if you think he's even stand up <laughs> for what's right, um, for expressing what many students say that they were thinking, or do you think that he should have been more respectful and kind of stuck to the speech? Uh, he was. Res I thought he was respectful. Uh, I, I, his language was incredibly respectful. He was respectful. Like, was I think beyond... it's nothing new. I think that happens often. I've seen it happen sure. myself. But it, the only thing with this is that usually they just kind of gracefully allow them to speak and allow them to express themselves. This yeah. time, they just didn't. Yeah, so that's why it became the mic and. and yeah, right I've seen that done. It's no, it's nothing new that a senior, especially a smart senior, is rebellious against any kind of. Uh, I, I mean, people become that way by questioning authority and by questioning their surroundings and their environment. Right. So, uh, it's nothing new what he's doing. What's new is that he was uh, censored mm -hmm. again, which which uh, completely backfired. Right. right. Well, it, for this point. Yeah. Right after yeah, he said right. they don't let us get our point across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For this point. Yeah. But it, it essentially, I think, opened up a can of worms 
right for that whole that whole school as well as other. I mean, was it a year ago or over a year ago? They, you know, they tried to not fight but express their their views and opinions on the dress code, and they were just totally steamrolled. Like, this is what it is. That's how it's going to be, and deal with it. I mean, you know, you can't. I don't know. I'm not. A, I, I can't. I'm not a student. I'm not a, a, a uh, an administrator. I, I can't really talk too well to that. But I don't know. It's it's a can of worms for them. I, I applaud rebellion, especially if it's an intelligent rebellion, and especially it was. if the, if it's the like a just cause. Obviously, what he was saying was a reality, and that was that transpired immediately after he started speaking. Right. So. My mom was a school teacher at West Grant High School for over 30 years mm. and retired. And like the one thing that always kind of stuck around with her at the end was she really hated the fact that she wasn't able to teach kids things at like almost that higher level function of thinking. You're always teaching towards a test. You're always right. teaching Stick like the script. Yeah, like you know, two plus two equals four. You don't tell them why it two plus two equals four. You just say, that's the answer, regurgitate it back to me and tell me what it is. Right. And then when you have someone who wants, like obviously this kid has some kind of higher level thinking, where he's like, why do I have to do this? Why am I being shut down? I feel like I have a valid point. And he may have a very valid point that we don't know because he was shut down. Right. But at the same time, like I feel it's the school's responsibility to encourage that, but also have a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Have a reason. to come back and say, like, you know, I agree, like, you have a very valid point. Here's why we do the things we do. And if both sides can justify it, you know, maybe you can meet your common ground. Right, but, you know, instead of shutting it down. If you shut it down, like, you, again, say, prove the kid's point, and now you have all this bad press. You know, you're, yeah. put, you're, you're just keeping your thumb on top of them, and that's, that's it. And, like, I always say when I have children, if and when I do, um, I want to be able to tell them, like, it, it's wrong because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're doing this because of this. Like, and the kid said, he said, uh, you know, we would ask questions and we were just told that's just how it is. Yeah. And I don't think that's the right way to, to, to teach people and, and to allow them to grow and help them grow. And Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do what, what's beyond uh, their pay, sure. pay rate also. Right. You well, know, I think there's teachers, teachers, there are a lot of teachers that care. Oh, there, and they go well above and beyond of what the structure of the lessons that they're supposed to be teaching. Well, they're also in a different time, too. Like, teachers are now being kind of viewed and, and graded, like like a Yelp, almost. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can now, like, yeah. and they don't want that. They don't, well, they have the mentality, like, I don't that, need to deal with this shit. Well, right, but that also, like, makes you get to the next level. Like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to teach these kids well because now I'm being, like, there's a magnifying glass on me. So, yeah, I'm going to step it up a little bit because... Yeah. Now I can be judged. They don't want to be judged, but guess what? We're all fucking judged. Yeah. You know, and you have to understand that. One of the biggest things, too, was, like, a lot of the special education integration. Like, my mom had to deal with, like, all these teachers are graded on the system, but the system isn't set up to... For everybody. For everybody. Right. I'm a dyslexic cross-dominant. I was born that way. I can't change it. So I may need more help than Dom may help with math or reading. In certain areas. But I'm still expected to step up to his level and be Mm -hmm. on his timeline. Right. And also, if I'm not, teachers fall. If mm-hmm. and if you're not, and if you're frustrated, yeah, students fall. Zero tolerance exactly. for any kind of like rebellion in the sense where like I'm not getting the essential instruction that I need mm-hmm. to excel. Lot not only in a textbook way, but in just like a general life way. Yeah, like that's frustration on the student, and that's where 
uh, rebellion comes through. Not not it's not always effective. Sometimes it's just kind of like clueless rebellion. You don't really know why, but you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not able to like go with the system and how it's supposed to be designed because it's not designed for you. Yeah. Well, when when you get in the real world, not you specifically, just you. It's not, like, <laughs> well, when you get in like in life, you know, like I didn't really go to college or anything, but you go start a job, you ask questions, you get answers. You're teaching these kids now not to ask questions, not to learn anything. You're teaching them just to be, well, that's okay. That's take your word for just it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, why is it doing it? Like, yeah. That's it, dis- my, it discourages yeah. people to ask questions. Look, that's they almost want you to be mindless. You'd ask them, you'd get decent answers yeah. at least more than half the time. I was in a job before the one I'm in now, um, and I was afraid to ask questions. I'm, I'm a fucking adult. I was like 30. One years old, and I feel like I'm a fucking two year old because I'm afraid to ask questions. Because every time I ask a question, no, 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 you know this, figure it out. It's like, well, yeah. I'm not fucking asking for fun. No, I'm breaking the law. Like, I'd, rather, I'd rather just do it to make you happy, but like, I had to learn how to, how to learn when I got to actually do a job because I did music my whole life and worked like pumping gas. So I moved away, stopped playing music when I was 27, and I had to learn to ask questions, which was just really weird to do. Yeah. Because you're like, I've never had to. Like, you're like, yeah, you know? Yeah, learn <laughs> how to adapt and... It made me learn 30 jobs because it's temp services, you know? Right. So much quicker. As soon as you get over that, those butterflies. Yeah. In fairness to the faculty, too, I'm pretty sure when he got off stage, there was very little finger waving and how dare you do that from everyone in the audience and the faculty itself. It was really just the top... Yeah, he did mention episode. that there wasn't it wasn't the whole faculty. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the uh, we, we had a couple comments uh, before before we started the show. Uh, Constance uh, Ring says uh, it's quite obvious the school does not believe in freedom of speech, uh, which we said. Uh, Karen uh, uh, Donald brings up a good point. She says uh, I'd like to know the backstory before making a, term- a determination. Why did the kid say what he said? Uh, did he go to school board meetings and ask for, to, to change the school? Was he shot down for whatever reason? Uh, we all know the, the school has, has rules uh, kids hate, uh, but they're there for a reason. My thought is uh, he should not disrespect the teachers in the school, but I'd like to know why he feels that way. So she c- kind of disagrees, but you know, is, is able to at least see, you know, I want to know what, what he had to say. And I, I thought it was interesting because he was able to finish his speech on Jimmy Kimmel Live last night, which was pretty cool that... Uh, he, he went on there, he, he got to you know, say, say his piece, and uh, he posted on Facebook, it got a lot of shares. So all the students generally know how he feels now, obviously the faculty does too, whether they wanted to or not. But that is, that is a, a good question. It seemed that the, the principal in a couple articles didn't really specify whether or not he you know, was, was going to do anything about this. Or what the exactly what what was he talking about? Because the, the the speech, while good, I think was very vague and mm-hmm. didn't really yeah. specify. Okay, what specifically can they do better? Where do the issues lie? Being authoritative is one thing, and you know I I, I can see why you know as a teenager especially you would not want that. But at the same time, like what what is it specifically that they did that makes you feel that way? And and I, I don't know if that was necessarily. Uh, addressed. So I'd, li- I'd like to know more, well, like in the future, which I I, I'm sure as well. That's the point. first time he's ever said it, or right. anyone well, had ever heard it. That's true. To answer part of that question, you know, going back to the the dress code, him, him the student government, mm-hmm. students were at these 
these meetings. They, they, they were there. They, they went. They spoke their minds. And, again, it was, well, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, they're just kind of picking a, a, a situation to, to, you know, cause problems. I think he did it very respectfully. You know, and, and yeah, I think people. Some people got the wrong idea because I saw a lot of uh, comments on other sites and articles and things like that saying that oh, he's just another entitled millennial and all this other and kind he, of stuff. And I, I didn't get that impression. The only the only worry that I have is, I think he's obviously a very smart kid, a valedictorian, class president, um, very smart kid. I think he did it the right way. He was very well spoken. I feel I'm worried that some idiot with confidence is going to think that standing up to faculty and administration is going to be okay and I'm going to do it this way and be a complete jackass about it. Right, right. right. That's what I'm yeah. afraid of. Because sure. there's, a, there's a way to do it, there's a time to do it, and I think he did it okay. I'm just worried about, you know, idiots. That's going to happen regardless. It is. Yeah. It, it, idiots don't need a lot of spark. And you know, it, it's, <laughs> you know, with the internet and online, like, it's so hard to be anybody like mm-hmm. you know people can look at or, and listen to what we're saying yeah. and say you're an idiot and yeah. you know like i'm sure they will then that's fine <laughs> that's fine like this is freedom of speech and you know what we're doing what we're doing but like you know you can't it's hard to speak without trying to think about what you want to say without offending somebody or it's just at some point you really have to ignore it i think that's what yeah. they had to do is like we're, he's in this different generation that we grew up in. Like, I'm not going to understand really what's going on in that kid because, you know, obviously I don't grow up in that generation. Right. But to be in this PC culture where, like, everything is scrutinized, everything is videoed, everything's streamed, and it's there forever. Yep. Like, that speech and that moment in his life is not going to go away. No. That's going to affect college boards. That's going to affect jobs. That's going to affect him down the line, even in the slightest. Sure. So imagine being under that scrutiny and being so much to just go, you know what, screw it. I need to say this. I feel this is important enough in my life and affects the lives of others that I need to say something. And that's good. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. good to at least say, like, fuck it. Just yeah. go out and say something, offend somebody, and just and get again, it out there. And again, he's not, he wasn't doing, he didn't say anything negative. Like, really, like, like really he, did, he did it the right way. I think. Yeah. Well, I sure. think that's where the vagueness might come from, is he was trying to be respectful, probably. Yeah. And he grinded Without out. specifically calling yeah. somebody yeah, out. Yeah, he want to call out a certain yeah. teacher. Yeah. Certain Can you imagine if he was like, and you? Like, you're the biggest piece of shit in the room. First time on the NBC podcast. C-word yeah, flies. Oh, like the end of, oh, right. the, end of the movie waiting. Yeah. <laughs> just call every single the biggest scumbag in here. Need to rehab and Just call everybody out. Just won't show up. Actually, every time I do quit on the stage, they don't let me. We just got your mic. Don't cut mic. That's hashtag. Shut the fuck up there. That's a real thing. I'm going to type that right now. It will link you to the behind the right. There's a lot. Stephen Brazen comments, you had schools in NEPA like Lawrence Mount and Northeast Charter who just didn't care. Teachers just collected a check. I don't know if that's the case here. I think he went. He's from that area. Uh, I don't know as much background on that, but uh, I, I would like. Obviously, now I think th- these people are going to be under a lot of scrutiny uh, since this came out. And uh, Joe Caviston says, uh, "PR 101. This wasn't a story until they cut him off. Uh, they made it a story at yep. that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can of worms. That's what I'm saying. Yep, absolutely. All right. I think we uh, I think we covered it. 
Got the C word came out. Yeah, you did. We, we you got said it. You did. No, you were. I'm sorry. I hey, you just said it. two seconds ago. You were right there. He <laughs> said it to you. No, he didn't. Really? Oh my gosh. You said it right in your direction. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh, uh, they're not here. Let's go. <laughs> and if, you know what's weird? It doesn't bother me when guys say it. Just when girls say it, it bothers me. I used to hate it. Is that it. weird? Like, doesn't it seem like more? <laughs> oh, like doesn't it seem like more offensive for yeah. some reason when a girl says it? I used to hate the word, but now I kind of like love it. But like, it's it's only it's not for everybody. It, it's for like I don't think I can people. get away with it's, saying it's it. It's the way people. Are, uh, Use it as like a dagger. Yeah, they're like that's just wrong. Yeah, but like right. they deserve it. Why? Okay, okay, wait. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know we're we're gonna so wrap this up. But also, why is it okay when British people say it somehow? Because it's funny. It sounds that funny. British comedian who made it okay for people to say cunt. That's Australian. That's Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Because yeah. yeah. they say C O O N T. He's a coont. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds funny. Yeah, a little yeah. bit easier. It sounds funny. Yeah, I suppose it does. I prefer British cursing too. Yeah. Say shit like Muppet. I think that's the best. Muppet? Yeah. You fucking Muppet. <laughs> oh, the British way to flip people off. It's this, right? Oh, this. Too, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's weird. That is weird. Uh, Most of my family's over in England, so, like... Really? Yeah. You go over there and they... What was it? My favorite thing ever. My cousin was talking about we're all gonna go out to a bar. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna get my clothes, I'm gonna put my slap on, and then we're gonna be out. It's like... What's the slap? What? <laughs> what? It's like, I'm gonna get my slap on. It's like... Okay. I'm gonna get my slap. <laughs> what, is, what is that? I'm a, It's okay. You slap makeup on. Right. So we call it slap. I'm gonna get my slap on. Like, that is the. That sounds good. Thing. Like yeah. I'm gonna get my slap I'm on. I'm gonna get my slap on. That's what I say all the time before. I'm gonna start saying that. Maybe like I got my shoes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get my slap on and I'm going out to meet the boys. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> my hubby's staying home and I'm going out for a Well, this was fun. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you guys so much for coming out with us. Thank you so much. And be sure to check them out uh, this Sunday at uh, Oak Street Express in Taylor uh, from 2 to 8.30. 2 to 8.30. All right. Thank you so much, and uh, have a good night, everybody. See ya. Thank you.